Welcome to the PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, degree qualified nutritionist. This podcast is a place to help show you how to reduce your PCOS symptoms. Getting diagnosed with PCOS can be super confusing. It typically comes with very little information about what the condition actually is and how to manage it long-term. In this podcast, we cover the keys to understanding what PCOS is, the best approaches to improving your PCOS, and of course, how to reduce your PCOS symptoms through non-medication-based approaches. If you've been recently diagnosed with PCOS or you've had PCOS for a long time and you're wondering, what the heck do I do now and what do I need to do to reduce my symptoms? This podcast exists to show you exactly that. If you have PCOS and you want a strategic approach to help you lose weight, banish acne, stabilize your cycles, and reduce anxiety-inducing hair growth, then I would love to invite you to register for my free PCOS Masterclass. In this Masterclass, I'm going to be breaking down my exact process that I use when I'm helping clients like you reduce and resolve their PCOS symptoms without medication. To get access to the Masterclass, all you need to do is head to the link in the show notes, or you can access it directly by going to selendouglas.com forward slash webinar hyphen registration hyphen EG, or you'll find that link in the show notes below. Having PCOS can be an incredibly isolating experience. And today I'm bringing you a case study episode from one of my current clients inside the PCOS pathway. You're hearing from Kiara, who is mum to a four-year-old. She works full-time in a busy government role and is also studying part-time. To say she's juggling a lot of balls would be an understatement. What you'll hear in today's episode is Kiara's experience being diagnosed with PCOS and possible endometriosis at age 25, how she felt being told that she would struggle to have a baby, and the strategies she tried before falling pregnant with her little girl. Kiara also takes us through her experience in joining the PCOS pathway, the first few changes she noticed, and also the amazing changes she has noticed within the first couple of months, including a more regular cycle, confirmed ovulation, a big reduction in period pain, reduction in her insulin levels as proven by blood tests, improved blood sugar control, more energy, and so much more. Let's jump into this episode. Hi, Kiara. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, We are talking all about your journey with PCOS today and then um, also, yeah, some of the changes that you've been going through over the last few months, which is very exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So to kind of kick things off, I'd love if you could just... Um, start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, whatever you're comfortable with, (laughs) and then kind of take us back to when you first found out you had PCOS and what that was like for you. Sure. Um, So I'm I'm 33, nearly. Um, I'm a mum to um, one four-year-old daughter. Um, I work full-time and I also study part-time, so I'm doing a bachelor's degree in health science. Um, so I'm pretty busy. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as well as doing the PCOS pathway, of course. So yeah. Um I my journey with PCOS. Um 
So to go back to when I was 14, um, I started taking the oral contraceptive pill. Um, The main reason for that was I was experiencing really painful, heavy periods that kind of had me being physically ill, blacking out. Um, They were really irregular, which, you know, um, not not like fun things when you're trying to just like get to school, you know, and (laughs) be a teenager. Um, So my GP at the time prescribed me um, the pill, which I took diligently until my 20s. Something I began to notice was like I had a lot of anxiety and mood swings and just didn't generally feel good um, in my body. And so I started to question, you know, what would I be like without having the synthetic hormones um, in my system? So I came off it and, of course, you know, all of my symptoms kind of came back tenfold. Um, So I went back to the GP um, and he like the symptoms I had at the time were again were like really irregular, um, heavy, painful, awful periods. Um, so he referred me to a gynecologist um, and suggested I had um, potentially had endometriosis and PCOS. Um, so <laughs> off I went. Um, I did the ultrasound, um, you know, to check everything there. Um, blood testing and also a glucose tolerance test, um, which all showed that I was normal and within range and everything was totally okay. Um, but I was still diagnosed with PCOS. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like forgetting a detail there. Um, but the gynecologist said, yeah, definitely like, you know, we would assume based on the irregularity mm-hmm. um, that it's, you know, I probably have PCOS um, and with a family history of endometriosis as well that that was likely as well. Mm -hmm. Um, She then was like, you should go back on the pill. (laughs) And I was very dead against it because of the way it kind of made me feel. Um, I kind of asked, you know, is there another option? Um, And she all but threw her hands in the air and was like, well, (laughs) if you don't want to do this then kind of not really um yeah so it was a really uh deflating experience I think and I kind of didn't understand what it meant um and you know all the kind of only thing she left me with her parting words were um if you're in a long-term relationship then you need to start looking at trying to have kids pretty soon because you've got two strikes against you and um time is not on your side and how old were you at that time yeah 25 and were you in that position like was that on your radar at all no No. as not not with most 25 year olds (laughs) yeah (laughs) and my partner at the time too was very like (laughs) no so yeah it was um yeah not not really um on the cards and it was scary like I was yeah really definitely yeah. it is it is awful I think to get that news because even if you're not necessarily in that place in your life at 25 which again mm-hmm. most 25 year olds are not where that's mm-hmm. kind of an immediate goal for you, you you don't even if you don't know if you want kids mm-hmm. I think you want to know that the option is there if you yeah do want them and yeah. I hear that all the time to be honest that people are told 
you're going to have problems having a family. And I have such a big problem with that because honestly, in working with clients, that's not been my experience that everyone has problems. Yes, some do definitely, (laughs) but not everyone does. And I think so many women end up like a bit traumatized that they're going to have these issues with fertility. And really that's just not everyone's experience. Like I have definitely had clients who have PCOS um, and or endometriosis that have no problems falling pregnant. Mm. And I have some that do, it's just not like a, and and I have some clients that don't have either of those that have difficulty falling pregnant. Right. So it's just not, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's ethical to kind of be giving out that blanket uh, advice, especially to such young women as well. Mm. Um, Other than the cycle irregularity, like kind of specific to PCOS, did you have any of the other symptoms of like androgen symptoms or anything like that? Yeah, so there was definitely um, the hair growth. Mm -hmm. um, but And something else that really I didn't realise at the time but now know is kind of relevant was um, that getting that really panicky, hangry, you know, I need to eat immediately or I will literally die feeling yes. every two hours. Like if I didn't eat every two hours, it was like all hell would break loose and I'm going to not survive. That was something that I experienced even back then. Um, and yeah. And like no one, yeah, no one draws those dots yeah, or connects those nothing. dots. My all my glucose tolerance testing came back perfectly normal. So yes. Like, well, what's happening to me then? <laughs> yes, I honestly, I think we need to really rethink the way that we assess people for insulin and blood sugar issues because if you think about it, this is a bit of an oversimplification, but for someone that uh, has at least the early stages of insulin resistance, um, they often do pass glucose tests. Mm. And I've had clients who should pass a glucose test, are very much carb tolerant, but they don't, they they follow, you know, a moderately low sort of carbohydrate diet, maybe only around 100 grams a day, and they've failed it because their body is not used to eating that quantity of carbohydrates. And so they're not very efficient at clearing it from their system versus maybe someone that does eat, you know, more higher amounts of carbohydrates can clear that 75 grams, um, which is what the glucose test is. We definitely need to kind of re-examine how we're looking at it um, because so many people fly under the radar and I don't have the exact stats, so I'm not going to mention it, but there is a huge percentage. Like I think it's, I think it is close to 50% of people are known to uh, basically be missed in a glucose test, which is crazy. Like if it has 50% e- efficacy, surely there's a better way to <laughs> be assessing people for this. But anyway, so that was take us back. That was kind of like 25. You were going through that um, very deflating. And then kind of like, what were your next steps? Like, did you try some new things? Did you think about going back on the pill? Um, I definitely didn't want to go back on the pill. Like I was very adamant about that. Um, and so I felt at that point, I didn't have support for the way that I wanted to, you know, kind of resolve the problem problems I was experiencing or the symptoms that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just took it upon myself to research what I could and I basically just started eating clean. Yeah. You know, 
And I think at this point I was actually in denial of the whole PCOS diagnosis, whereas like endo ran in my family, you know, my mother, my grandmother had it. Um, it was assumed I would probably just inherit it. It was, you know, like a, one of those fun things you just get. And so I kind of ate for that mm. um, or with that in mind. So I just ate really clean. I went quite low carb, um, very whole foods. Um, and exercised but like I exercised a lot mm-hmm. like like gym twice a day <laughs> like kind of wow thing. yeah I okay. went too far in the other direction yeah um so that was kind of how I saw to deal with it was to just exercise and just eat really well and that that was kind of it um obviously not really sustainable um in the long term you know mm-hmm. going to the gym twice a day or trying to walk you know five kilometers twice a day and it got to a point where I like I was so afraid to have sugar mm. or um anything like you know labeled as a bad food because of yeah. what I knew about PCOS I was so petrified of like developing type 2 diabetes that I just was yeah became this nut who just wouldn't <laughs> let myself um yeah kind of deviate um, until I fell pregnant mm-hmm. very unexpectedly um, with my daughter. So there was no issue in in having a baby <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, and then it kind of all unraveled because, you know, I couldn't exercise and I had extreme morning sickness, mm-hmm. like, um, or, you know, 24-7 sickness. Yeah. Um, and the carbohydrate was you know, basically a survival. The only thing you can have sometimes when you feel that way. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of, you know, was the undoing of all of my hard work. (laughs) Yes. Yep. 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 Did you get changed? Like, did you, did you feel better when you were? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So interestingly, I was thinking about this. So um, in terms of like how I felt, like all of my symptoms kind Mm. of improved. Yep. Um, not, you know, they were still there, but they were, they had improved a lot. Your symptoms improved when you were kind of doing the training twice a day. Yeah. 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 When I was doing all of that, um, yeah, I had definitely noticed improvements, but something that I noticed was that I was really not losing a lot of weight Mm. either. So it was just something that was there and it was annoying, um, but like for all of the effort I was putting in. Yes. That kind of was something that was mismatch. Yeah. 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 Um, And then you got pregnant and you had your little one. I did. Yes, Zoe. Um, So that was all wonderful. Um, um, From when she was four months old, Mm -hmm. I was breastfeeding but unfairly got my cycle back (laughs) very early. And um, it was the worst that I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm ever ever experienced in my life so it was awful and I had I noticed like with my diet of you know when you've got newborns like they don't yeah. sleep so it's really hard to kind of <laughs> eat well and you know take care of life. yourself yeah mm. and I really found I was reaching for the high carbohydrate foods you know for that quick energy because I was exhausted um and I think it just became this you know cascade of like you know one thing led to another and suddenly I was eating horribly all the time um 
and you know I went back to work and yeah it was Mm -hmm. that feeling of like I need to eat and I need to eat immediately and Mm -hmm. it's going to be you know toast or it's going to be yeah or something that's you know yeah um and that was really difficult and then my moods of course weren't good either I had that like postpartum rage thing which now I think you know I was just I just was not eating balanced yeah well I think I I mean gosh there's a lot that changes postpartum I I think it's like a bit of a big rite of passage I was like I ate pretty Mm. well and I feel like I got that too but um (laughs) I do think it exacerbates it right so Mm. like yes having that blood sugar instability is going to throw fuel on the fire if you're experiencing you know mood changes and things like that it's definitely not going to make it better Mm, um but I also think I kind of just reflecting on my experience postpartum I'm like there's definitely a lot that changes (laughs) that's good to know but yeah yeah might might not have entirely been that but yeah it's so it is really hard I think um you get stuck in a vicious cycle and then of course when you are back in that place of kind of having that blood sugar that's all over the place it is actually quite challenging to get out of particularly when you don't have support with how to get out of it as well yeah 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 that's how I felt it was a really uh frustrating and again Mm. deflating experience because why can't I just do this better why Mm. can't I make good choices like why is that so hard and well there is (laughs) there are some very valid reasons why Mm. Yeah. But yeah. So like frustration with yourself kind of thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. Get off of that cycle. Yeah. 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 That's really challenging. I think when you're in that and then you're in that cycle of kind of like beating yourself up about like, yeah. why am I still here? Why am I not moving forward? Um, and what did you do next? Well, I, I got curious <laughs> <laughs> and um, just started trying to educate myself on you know, what could this be? Um, at somewhere along the line, I've started following your Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there was just so much information on there about, you know, all sorts of different kinds of conditions. But then obviously PCOS is something, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's quite prevalent. Um, and, I mean, we've worked together before. before. Yeah. Um, when my daughter was around two. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. That was then and it was just this, you know, it's getting health coaching and then working alongside yourself as well and I just needed that hand out of the hole that I was in. Yeah, so that that was good and, you know, I kind of learned a lot about um, the nutritional basics, Mm. I think, and, and it helped me. But that was around the time that the pandemic had hit as well. Yes. So there was a lot going on um (laughs) so I just recall yeah making enough changes that I kind of started to feel a bit better and then yeah that was kind of you know enough to to kind of keep going get you started it was like the foundations I remember going Mm. through all of that yeah then um which to be honest I think that's where you need to start because you know a lot of um that is something that we do talk about inside the PCOS pathways like getting those foundations right but it, then there's like more things that come after that and I think that we often try to like jump 
to that stuff first. And it's like, no, 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 let's just take a step back. Like, are you doing the simple things like eating breakfast and eating protein at every meal and those sorts of things? Because it's very difficult to, you know, even expect to see results or even expect yourself to be able to stick to things that are perhaps a little bit more finicky if you are finding those things really hard first. And you can often get really good improvements in your things like your energy levels, even just with some of those basic things like breakfast, for example, is like the, the honestly, everyone's like mind blown <laughs> after they change that one thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that first sort of couple of years. And obviously uh, that was back in, would have been 2020 if it was when the pandemic hit. So things kind of started shifting for you then. Um, and then obviously in 2023, that's where we are now. It took me too long to work that out. Um, yeah, you have joined the PCOS pathway back in April is really when we got started. Um, and yeah, talk us through a bit around that joining and kind of what those first, what the first few months have been like for you? Well, it's been really good, like really just life-changing, I think, for me. So I saw that you were advertising it and I just thought, you know, like I think I'm at a place where I'm kind of ready to dive a little bit deeper into what's going on Um, and, you know, having worked with you before too, like I knew you were getting into it I did yeah um so like I I understand your approach and that is like you know it's you just like ease into things like there's always a lot of information so something that um I found was really good with or I'm loving about the PCOS pathway is that there's heaps of information heaps and but it kind of comes out week by week. It's segmented yeah. really well. And so you just kind of tackle one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, like we just talked about the nutritional foundations and mm-hmm. like how to balance blood sugar levels and how to, um, you know, get that macronutrient balance mm-hmm. that works for you. And, um, yeah, like starting with breakfast, that was the biggest thing. Mm and I talked before about having that shakiness and that hangry panicky hungry feeling when I didn't eat for like two hours now I go four to five hours after breakfast and I go oh yeah okay I'm hungry I'll get to that when I finish what I'm doing it's not this urgent task that I have to do for survival you know Um, how freeing as well to have that 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 and that happened within two days of me eating breakfast. Like, like it's crazy. Well balanced breakfast. That change happened. That change happened within two days. So, yeah, the, I mind blowing. Yeah, is yep. it really that easy? <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that was really surprising and was an absolute game changer. Yeah, definitely. I think it's always good to um, try and have a few quick wins because then you've obviously got the buy-in of like, okay, cool, I'm actually seeing improvements and changes. I'm going to keep going because it's obviously having some kind of effect. Um, And then I just think like when you start the day off right like that, you are so much more likely to keep going. Like, do you know what I mean? If you, for example, 
um, either don't have breakfast is usually often really common or just not quite having the right thing, You it makes everything else so much harder because you're going to continue craving not the right thing for the rest of the day. Whereas if you honestly make even make breakfast eventually like your biggest meal and kind of, um, yeah, really focus on building that right, it really just it, it makes that mental tug of war for the rest of the day a lot easier things like you're more productive at work, like all of those things. I mean, if you even just think about the fact that you're not having to get up and eat every two hours because you're getting panicky hungry, like your brain is so much more focused and you can actually do more deep work tasks. That in of itself is like game changing. I can remember a time when I used to be that person that had to like leave the house with a handbag full of snacks because I was like, I cannot (laughs) go more than two hours. And then you can leave for like half a day and you're like, I'll just have lunch when I get home, you know? Yeah. It's really change. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, And yeah, I guess we were talking a little bit off air about um, three months in and kind of the other changes that you're starting to notice. And also, you know, a lot of that comes, I think, from the individualization, which comes ultimately from doing testing, right? Because I think one of the biggest like missteps that um, we make with PCOS is just kind of thinking like, okay, what do I do for PCOS? And it's like, okay, no, what are we doing for your PCOS? Because you're going to have a unique set of uh, issues or variables, I guess, in your health picture, which is going to kind of make it, it, yeah, definitely shapes the nutrition side of things slightly, but then also really shapes the supplementation and I think all of that is kind of where you really start seeing like the mind-blowing changes in your symptoms Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely um and like we one of the first things we did when I started on the pathway was testing yep um and well you know straight away it was like oh okay it's insulin resistant (laughs) my insulin was quite high um which, you know, we, you know, there's things within the program that kind of. Um, Layer on. In, yeah. And like, you know, here's like the, the additional things you could be doing if it's insulin resistant, if it's a thyroid, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. So that was really, really good to have that then even more tailored approach. And again, it's like you said, you know, you layer on, like I've started with nutritional foundations. Oh, now I'm going to, you know you know, try these different um, approaches yep. as well because that's what my body, you know, potentially could need. And now, you know, I've tried um, gluten-free for 30 days. Yeah. And now I've realised, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, gluten is not my friend. And yeah. I'm okay with that. So, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, it's not the case for everyone that they are going to have to remove those things, but some yep. people really do benefit. And I do think that, there's merit in starting with the foundations because ultimately if you go in like guns blazing and I'm like, okay, Kiara, you need to be gluten-free, take all of these supplements and blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, oh my gosh, my, I'm so overwhelmed right now. Yeah. Um, But when you're kind of just chipping away at it bit by bit, it does make it more sustainable. And then I think, um, yeah, we were obviously, there was insulin resistance and then we don't have to go into the other factors, but yeah, a few other things which we discovered, Mm -hmm. which just make, the change is so much more like nuanced to you. Um, And I think 
we were talking about like di- the difference obviously in your cycle last month and previous months versus this month, which is about I'd say two months in um, and then a few other changes which we included a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that you've been doing to kind of like track your progress and symptoms is tracking your cycle um, mm-hmm. and looking at doing basal body temperature charting. And, yeah, I'll let you talk about those changes because I think it's just so amazing yeah so yeah one of the biggest indicators of change was was thought yeah tracking my cycle the last few months so from my last cycle um that I had I it was 36 days which my cycles were generally for the last few years so between 32 and 36 days um like you know, painful, really painful. Like I would have to take pain relief for at least one of the days um, that I was menstruating. Um, I would have lots of other symptoms that were quite severe, like bloating, constipation, fatigue. Like I just feel, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really yuck. Um, Yeah. And I didn't ovulate. So that was confirmed as well by ultrasound last month that Mm -hmm. I didn't ovulate. You can see in my basal body temperature, I didn't ovulate. Yeah. And it was this quite long cycle um, of just feeling pretty average Um, versus my latest one. Mm -hmm. It was a 27 day cycle. I very clearly ovulated on day 14. I had uh, like one day where I felt constipated. I had hardly any period pain at all. I had hardly any bloating. I didn't feel exhausted. I didn't need to lie down. I didn't need to take pain relief. It is a stark contrast. I've never had a cycle like it. That's just amazing. (laughs) um, You know, and then I've just like, you know, had my period and was like, it's here, it's gone. It's, and I just moved on with my life and that was it. That's the dream. So amazing. And like, I think that's why, a, like taking note of your symptoms and those changes is so important, but then doing something like the cycle tracking obviously is that additional level of confirmation. Obviously, we do that through testing, but you're not going to be doing testing every month to see things improving. Um, and I don't know, this is my opinion, but I just think it makes you so much more likely and committed to stick with the changes that you've implemented because you're like, it's working. I know it's working because I've tracked it and I can see that things are getting better. and versus like oh I'm not really sure it's kind of hard to take all of these things you know there is definitely some things that um like I'll think about and I'll go oh I don't know like it hasn't really changed that much but if I look at the data I go oh no way (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely so yeah yeah it's worth doing for sure yeah definitely um any other key results that you've seen or things that you've felt were different within your body? Um, well, we know from testing that my insulin has come down, which is yes. really good. Um, yeah. That was really exciting. That was the thing I was most worried about. So it's really cool to see that. Um, and I just day to day have so much more energy. I'm mm. sleeping a lot better. Um, I feel like I can focus. My moods are balanced. All of these things that I just thought were inherently part of me <laughs> yeah. have improved. Um, and, yeah, like I just notice it in all facets of my life. Like I've got more patience, um, you know, for my partner and for my my preschooler and at work, you know, I feel um, a lot more focused and just, just 
overall feel so much better. It's the best thing I've done for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I think obviously improving your health bleeds into every facet of your life. And I think the other thing is with health issues or not feeling amazing or having low energy or whatever it is that you're experiencing, like a lot of those symptoms they don't develop overnight and they've, you know, you've come to the place that you're at right now over a period of months or years and it's like a slow burn, right? So then you're like, this is just how I feel. This is my normal. Like you don't get to go spend a day in someone else's body for comparison and compare it to your own. Like it's not, you know, different cars that you get to drive. You just have this one vehicle and you get used to that. And it's often not until you do see those improvements that you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) this is like I this is how much better I can feel and I'm just so excited because this is kind of like really been about say you know six to eight weeks of um kind of the the changes that you've kind of implemented so far like where are we going to be at in like three four five months I'm just so excited I thought about that today sort of in preparing Mm. for this I was like I got my diagnosis what nearly like eight years ago Mm. And in less than four months, have completely turned it all around. Like yeah. just my whole everything that I was experiencing for a good chunk of my life is completely different. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just last question. I guess you know your words of wisdom for kind of like anyone who maybe has been diagnosed recently or has had their diagnosis mm-hmm. for some time and is you know in a similar place to I guess you were previously what what would you be telling them um just don't freak out this is not a life sentence um there's so much you can do and there is a lot you can do without you know resorting to the pill or metformin or any of those things that my doctor is still trying to get me on (laughs) um so you know after eight years of having a diagnosis like you know I've managed to turn this around within a few months so um, find someone who can get to the root cause, someone like Selen, um, join the PCOS pathway. It's a really um, achievable way to get to the root cause of your diagnosis and take the steps to kind of, you know, make those improvements and really change your life. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being open enough to kind of share, obviously sharing the kind of intimate details of your health <laughs> journey, um, yeah, is something that not everyone's up for. So I really, really appreciate that. And I'm sure everyone listening does as well, because it is always really nice to connect with someone else's story and kind of feel like, oh, it's not just me going through this. Because I, I think it can, like, obviously PCOS is quite a common condition, but doesn't necessarily mean anyone in your immediate friend or family group is going to be going through exactly what you're going through. So I think it's always nice to, um, yeah, hear that it's not just you going through it. And thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I hope that it helps someone listening. Um And thank you so much for your time today as well. Thank you. Thanks for everything you do, Celine. Before you go, a quick reminder that any information discussed on the PCOS podcast is general in nature, does not take into account your personal health circumstances, and of course, does not replace medical advice.